1: You are listening to Satellite Sisters. We're happy to be here today. I'm Leanne Dolan in Pasadena, California. Uh, I'm a writer. I'm a mom, and uh, I'm I'm happy to be here today. Am I repeating myself? <laughs> <laughs> We've already had some technical issues. Liz, we're happy you're here uh, and you can hear us and speak into the microphone at the same time. Exciting. Exciting news.
2: I'm Liz Dolan. I'm in Santa Monica for a little behind the scenes. The last thing I heard here at Satellite Sisters was Julie saying, maybe you should just throw your phone out the window. So that's (laughs) kind of where we are today.
0: (laughs) That's right. This is Julie Dolan. I'm the oldest sister. I'm in my closet in Dallas, Texas. And I like to give that sort of high-level technical advice when we run into glitches on the
1: show. I'm happy to be here, too. (laughs) We all are. Uh, Big thanks to Sergio Enriquez, who always keeps us cool. Our engineer in an off-site location, he he doesn't mind that we're freaking out every time (laughs) something doesn't work. So thank you, Sergio. Um, Today on the show, we have... uh, what do we have? Well, let's see. Uh, Julie, your husband is going back to the office. He's he's at work. So yeah, the things have opened up here in Texas. Yeah. And things, it's kind of squishy.
0: I guess that's the way I'd describe it. And I want to tell you about my philosophy on dealing with the the squishy world in front of, in front of okay. me. All right, good.
1: Because the state's opened up. People want to know. People want to know what the policy is. And it, apparently we're just on our own. So uh, Liz, you have a listener letter that actually... Did it come to our inbox? Is that how? Yes. Because we now have a functional inbox,
2: uh, Mary, who's a longtime listener, sent me an email related to something we were talking about a couple of weeks ago on the show. And it's all about supporting the businesses that are in business and her daughter. So I'm going to share a little bit of that because it sort of, when you think about where should you shop, how should you shop, it's good to have the insights into the people that are working at some of these places. So you'll hear that.
1: We're going to talk a little college admissions and college and high school graduations. There are lots of decisions being made now and things that are supposed to be happening and things that aren't. And we know a lot of satellite sisters and misters have kids in that age bracket. So, uh, you know, I just have a very personal Observation about being the mom of a 2020 grad, but Julie, you you're bringing you're bringing some facts to the table. So right, I mean, this
0: is going to be a big issue, ongoing issue for colleges and universities. And there's some news out this week that is just it's not going to work. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay, you heard it here first. Okay, it's just not going to work. Okay. <laughs> Uh Liz, you have a fun story that involves a theme park, and I just don't want to give it away. I don't even know the story. I'm not familiar with it. So I'm looking forward to your um reportage. Okay, on, I'll on... just say this, Leon. Swiss family Robinson Fantasy. That's all. Oh wow. <laughs> really? That's, that's all exciting. <laughs> um, we have uh, cooking with Liz, we have uh the blueberry muffin episode, and then we have a new date for our Washington, DC event. Good news. Is uh, you have plenty of time to plan it, <laughs> yeah. plenty of time, uh, and then we have some entertaining sisters. But first, I just want to thank everybody. Oh, Joel, you had something, I'm I did. I, 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 I have did.
0: just an update. You might recall a couple of weeks ago, Liz, you were talking about corona trends that you were seeing in your neighborhood, mm-hmm. and one of the trends that you have identified as you were walking around were that people had bought trampolines, correct? Yes, and yes. and puppies, those seemed to be the two yeah. big things. Mm-hmm. Well, um, my son and daughter-in-law totally caved in to the pressure from their three kids. They want to get a trampoline now. <laughs> but here's the problem. There's a trampoline shortage in America. You can't, <laughs> you cannot get a trampoline, okay? They are back ordered until July. My daughter-in-law tried like, Ten different outlets, trampoline.com. Everything. There's, there's no, there aren't any trampolines. Okay. Well, we have a meat shortage, and now we have a trampoline shortage. I did have an insight about this, uh, Julie, because in the Sweeney
2: Sisters, Leon, I believe, aren't they the family in the neighborhood with a trampoline? Is that true? Yes. 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 So, and and that's, and most neighborhoods had one family with one trampoline, and we all went and we trampolined there, right? But now. Right. Now because of social distancing, everyone needs their own trampoline. That's what's making the difference. You, you, your kids can't go to the house in the neighborhood with the trampoline, so it's trampolines for everybody, which is leading to obviously trampolines for not enough people. Yeah, we have a,
0: we have a serious trampoline shortage. So if you know where there, there is a trampoline in North Texas that my <laughs> daughter-in-law can get her hands on, well, I'd be very grateful, okay. okay.
1: Yeah, I predict Julie. Uh, as kids start bouncing off the trampoline and breaking their arms, there's going to be a secondary trampoline market. So, just wait a month, a couple of ER visits. You're gonna some trampolines are gonna open up. I feel it. Like. Okay, Liz. Thank you. I you, that's good recall from the Sweeney sisters. Yes, there's a trampoline in that book because yeah. that was such an allure. There's no possible way our mother would have ever bought a trampoline for us, yeah. but. There was a trampoline in our neighborhood, and we didn't even knock. We just wander onto people's lawns and start jumping on their trampoline. Like that's the way it was before personal liability laws and things like that. It's true. (laughs) It's true but I do want to thank everybody for uh, really participating and making the launch of my new book The Sweeney sisters so fun I had a really fun day last Tuesday which I did not think was in the cards frankly uh you know a couple of weeks ago things were looking grim but everybody who's bought the book and supported it and logged on to the interviews I did or the Instagrams I did I mean the barrage of photos of you and your book and your blueberry muffins on the Satellite Sisters Facebook page have just made me so happy. So many, many thanks. That was just a, a much better day than I thought it was going to be. And a, a, really nice, um, a really nice way to launch this book into the world. So I really appreciate it. That's so great. Well, people are so great. happy for you. And, and they're enjoying the book. They are yes. really, really enjoying the book. That's the other really excellent thing, Liz. Uh, Thank you for bringing that up. There's been some good legit reviews and then a lot of great word of mouth, which literally is just the kind of publicity you can't pay for. So I'm just so happy people enjoy it. You know, you put something out into the world and people could not enjoy it. And people like to tell you about that. So, I mean, the most terrifying place for a writer is Goodreads. It's terrifying, believe me. Like, it's the last place you want to go and see reviews of your book. It's just such a, it makes your palms sweat. Or like the Amazon reviews, oh my gosh, you know, I can't even look. So just the fact that people seem to genuinely be enjoying it, and particularly at this time, the word escape or tear through it or took me out of the real world for a while, those are all fantastic adjectives. So I really... I appreciate it. And I just wanted to mention, I am going to be doing some some more virtual events. So you know what that means, sisters? More tunic tops for me. Uh, (laughs) That's good, I hope in a jewel tone
0: color, as uh, as we already discussed on the show.
1: Julie, no, I I feel like I have paved the way for wearing clothes that match the book cover. So Mm -hmm. uh, my book cover is not jewel tone. It's a beautiful navy with floral. Uh, People are seeing that pattern everywhere and posting those. Great. I have a tunic coming tomorrow I'm excited about I will employ this week i'm I'm doing one Facebook live uh, on the sixth that the it's for the Pequot library page that's the library in the book, in my hometown library. And I'm excited about that. So I'll put all this information. It's on my author page, it's on uh, the Leon Dolan Facebook page. And I'll also be posting it on the Satellite Sisters Facebook pages. But that's um, Wednesday at uh, 6 p.m. Eastern. That's a Facebook Live. And I'm really looking forward to that. And then on an Instagram account, I'm giving a tour of my office. <laughs>
0: oh, wow. That's, that's <laughs> exciting. <laughs> how, how What's the state of your office, Leanne? Because I've been in your office uh, when you're when you're working. And, yeah. Uh, uh, so
1: how is it going over there? Yeah, I need to do some cleanup because this is a 360 tour of the office. And I, I have to admit, on all these fa- on all these virtual things, I've been fudging the view. You just get the sliver of the office. That's in good shape. I just have a lot of things coming in and out. Things are happening. I mean, I got stuff. You know, I'm working. I'm signing. Yes, it is a working office. Yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah, it's not an office for show. I work in it. So I'll be doing that. And then next week on May 14th, I'm actually going to be on with a satellite mister, longtime satellite mister, Ron Block. He is... I believe, one of the most powerful librarians in America because he was just named a mover and shaker by the American Library Association. And we're going to be doing an online event May 14th. So I will get the details and the links and the registration and put that all up. But I'm excited. He's a legit satellite mister. He was an early reader of the book and has really been a great champion. So that's well, come, all that conversation. are so yeah. super enthusiastic. I love seeing comments from Ron. <laughs>
2: yes, I know. And now you know. I didn't know he was a very influential librarian. I thought he was
1: super enthusiastic satellite mister. Okay, Ron. Right. No, at the Cuyahoga Public Library in Ohio. Yeah. And he runs this incredible speaker series. And now he's doing a a bunch of online events to replace their speaker series. It looks like an incredible public library with a million resources. How great is that? And uh, so details to follow. But again, many, many thanks for your enthusiasm. If you love the book. I'd love for you to share share the book with um share share the word about the book. Keep your own copies, people. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but feel free to share your pictures.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, they are great. Just keep them coming. They all yeah. look good. It's you know it's a d- delight to open up the Facebook page, Leanne. Well, Leanne, it, it sounds is, like it, you're going to be very busy in your office, like you know, uh, doing all of these online interviews and all of that. But here in Texas, uh we you know we the governor has sort of opened things up here. So we're stepping out in the world. Uh Texas has opened up a bit, stores are open, restaurants can be open with twenty-five percent capacity. Movie theaters can be open with 25% capacity, malls, stores. uh, You still can't get a haircut uh, and you can't get your nails done. Uh, No mani-pedis yet, but um, there is a lot of opening up. People are out and about. It's a lot busy. You know, you can just tell there's more traffic. Uh, You know, people are doing it. And my husband went back to work. Uh, He went back to an office. I mean, he's been working. I mean, he had the privilege of working at home during the stay-at-home orders, um, but now he and his company—they are back in an office—and um, you know, it just made us. We've had a lot of discussion about it. Like, you know, just you know, what are the, you know, what are the federal laws? What are the state laws? What are the Dallas County laws? Because those are those are still a little tighter than the whole state of Texas. But I think you get to a point where you just have to like take personal responsibility as we sort of venture out into this squishy world, you know, that, uh, I, okay. I'll just say it as our mother uh, used to uh, say it. I am no spring chicken, right? I mean, <laughs> you know, I am, I am in the cat. I am an old, I'm an older, I'm the oldest sister. Mm-hmm. So I'm in a sort of a, a, the higher risk category. Okay. And, uh, You know, I think you just have to think about what you're going to do, even if you are, you know, nobody's telling you you can't do it, right? So, what
2: will you do, Julie? Would you actually go to a movie theater?
0: No, I'm not ready to do that. That's part of my personal responsibility. I'm still keeping my code. Yeah, my I'm still keeping my pod uh, very tight because I have a responsibility there. Like my son and daughter-in-law are counting on me for, you know, for teaching at least through the end of this month and. I'm sure other babysitting assignments, um, you know, into the future. So I don't want to get sick and I, you know, I don't want to put myself in a position where I can't help out, you know, out. So mm. I can pass up on the movie theaters. I can pass up on in restaurant dining. I still want to do takeout because I want to support restaurants. I want to go into shops because I want to support local retail. Uh, I, I don't, I mean, but I wanna make sure that I'm always wearing a mask, that I have very strong you know, hand-washing protocol, that I have my social distancing, and I do believe I have really perfected the stink eye, like what, you don't have a face mask on? <laughs> I have got that down, but my personal responsibility is to wear the mask, and if someone gets too close to me, I'm gonna step away, okay? I'm just not gonna put myself in a position where you know, I don't feel safe, but I'm going to trying to get out in the world, trying to do a little more. So, um, but I think it, that yeah. but nobody, you know, the County, the city, the state, they're not going to tell me specifically what I can do and what I can't do. Everybody's going to have to make some choices, uh, to keep themselves safe. That's what I think. Well, here in California, it's a
2: little bit different because we still have stay-at-home. But also, they've said even when they say open up the stores, the first step will be uh, curbside pickup. It yep. won't be come on into a retail environment. It will be they will allow people to be selling things, but you won't be browsing in shops. But that's what made me, when I when I noticed the listener letter from Mary, this is all related to the com- this conversation we started a couple of weeks ago about how do you support businesses? How do you be personally responsible, but also support small businesses? And uh, and what Mary wrote to us, she said, this last week, you were talking about all the ads in your email to buy clothes and swimsuits. And you mentioned, why should we do this if we're all at home? Please remember how many million- millions are employees with the designing, production, and sales of clothing. These are very difficult times for many businesses, so if you have the income to continue buying clothing online, it would greatly support many jobs. She goes on to explain, this is nearer to our heart, as our daughter works for Ralph Lauren in New York City, lives in the East Village, and is on a seven-week furlough. When it's done, who knows? So then Mary puts in an extra plug for the women's polo line. Apparently,
1: that's- Oh, yeah. Alright.
0: Right. So, yes, okay. well, I, mean, I mean, you get to a point you do want to support retail. You do want to support yeah. restaurants, uh, Leon, independent bookstores. You know, you want them to open up, even if it's, for, you know, however they can. But yeah. we, we all want to do it safely, you know, but we all have to take personal responsibility to be safe and to practice safe stuff. You know, yeah, I
2: feel like for me, the best way that I can protect other people is by staying in. So I'm grateful that I can do this. I work mainly from home. I can, you know, I've been trying to only go to the store once a week. So, but I do want to support businesses. So you think about the trade-off between doing that so people have their jobs and asking people, when I think about the businesses themselves, I don't, I don't want to put people in a position where they have to go to work because I'm demanding some kind Kind of service. And I was thinking about it, especially as it relates even to a company like Amazon. And for me, what's changed is that it used to be that, you know, the main thing Amazon could do for me was get something there within 24 hours. Now, not so much. Do I care about the 24 hours? No. But no. do I care more about? what's going on in those Amazon warehouses and if their workers are safe? Yes, I do. So that's where I've really kind of opened my mind to how I'm making my choices about the businesses to support because if they're keeping it safe for their employees, then I am happy to shop with them. That's sort of my thing.
1: Well, I can tell you, Liz, a friend of mine's son is working a couple of days a week at a big Amazon warehouse and she feels like they're doing a really good job. Right now, you know, you know, he's, yeah, he's in his twenties and, and she is okay. She's comfortable with him working there. So that's, you know, I can report back on that. Hey, my feeling is I've already been in the hospital twice this year. (laughs) I've been in for a big operation and then a really stressful emergency room visit over Christmas, I'm keeping my mask on. I'm keeping my gloves on. I'm keeping my head down until there is a vaccine. And that's yeah. just yeah. the way I feel. I am very sorry, Hall & If you carry on with your concert at the Hollywood Bowl in May, I won't be there. <laughs> but, and I'm sorry about that. Is I that wanted... happening? <laughs> they have not officially canceled it yet, Liz. So I, I don't, I, they have, haven't officially canceled, uh, you know, the whole season at the Hollywood bowl and, uh, you know, haul oats and squeeze. I'm sorry to miss that, but I just, I'm just keeping my head down and doing what I'm told and, and really trying to live at my activities, but supporting what I can, you know, support. So, um, but it's a tough call. Cause all of a sudden I'm getting a lot of invites to do big speaking engagements. or like luncheons and stuff in the fall. And I'm like, huh.
0: I'm gonna yeah, have to think about that's, that. That's, that's
1: it's hard, it's hard tricky. To,
0: yeah, it is, it's squishy. That's what it is, and, and and everybody's gonna have to, you know, we're gonna have to figure this out. But it does start at some point with your own personal responsibility, right? You know, to take right. care of yourself and to take care of your family, your pod, whatever that is. Yep. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah. Right. You must have really, um, really evocative eyes if you've figured out how to <laughs> how to give someone the stink. the stink eye. What now. you do is you lower your chin okay and you cock
0: one eye that with the face mask on i think it is is an effective stink eye i gave that to a man at the ups store i had to go in there uh, yeah. uh you know he wasn't wearing a mask that was crazy yeah. St- gets the
2: stink yeah. eye yeah that's it early on i heard <laughs> you know, one when e- When I was in my neighborhood grocery store, it was like five days ago now, the cashier is also like the boss of the whole store and somebody tried to walk in without a mask on and uh, and he stopped him at the door and sent him back and there was a little bit of a, you know, back and forth. And then he turned back to me, he said, I've noticed there is a correlation between people who don't wear masks and day drinking. (laughs)
0: Okay. (laughs) Okay. That, now that is that's some scientific study. Yes. Let's he, follow right. the science. Okay. Right. Yeah. Cut out the day
1: drinking. The
2: yep. At the front door of his grocery store, that's what he has observed. So anyway, I thought that was funny.
1: All right. We're going to take a break here to thank a sponsor and then we'll be back. Hi all. It's Leanne Dolan from Satellite Sisters. And you know what my definition of self-care is? Any product from OseaMalibu.com. That's right. We love the beautiful body care products at OseaMalibu.com. And we love that they've supported Satellite Sisters for a long time. That's how it works. The sponsors support us. You support the sponsors. We continue to produce Satellite Sisters content for you. And you know what? We do it with really great looking skin. This is the year of Andaria Algae Body Butter. If you have not tried this amazing product yet, 2024 is your year because Andaria Algae Body Butter is Osea's clean, vegan, and sustainable product. It makes a glowing choice for achieving your new year body care and self-care goals. I got to tell you, you put this stuff on. First of all, we've said it before, you want to eat it. Secondly, you put it on, it makes your skin feel so smooth and hydrated, and that lasts for days. You know, have you ever had a beauty product that kind of fades out and an hour later you're like, what happened there? Not the case with the famous Andaria Algae Body Butter. It's not your typical body butter, and that's why it works better. It's made with ingredients that's normally reserved for your face, like the Andaria Seaweed and the Ceramides, and it can transform your dry, crepey skin to smooth, soft, and supple. So make it happen in 2024. Start the new year fresh with clean, vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Right now, we have a special discount just for our Satellite Sisters and Misters. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code SATSISTERS at OseaMalibu.com. You get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head over to OseaMalibu.com and use code SATSISTERS for 10% off. All right, sisters, this weekend, I just, it hit me. So, my son Colin is a 2020 grad, and he is on his school is on the quarter system. So, technically, he does not graduate till mid June. So, he's still actively in his last term of college. He's still living in Olympia, Washington, because he lives in a studio apartment there. And because he's on the staff this year, he's doing an internship slash student thing. He's actually like teaching and they're online teaching and running seminars and webinars. So he's still up there uh, living, living alone and self-isolating. But they did cancel his graduation and they moved it to a virtual graduation. And I knew it was coming, but it just got to me a couple yeah. of weeks ago. And now I see a lot of schools are who graduate in late April and May. People are starting to post online about, you know, it, people in their full graduation regalia, like standing in their living rooms. And Maria Shriver in her Sunday newsletter, she wrote a column about her son's graduation, which was online, and how they Zoomed it. And she was crying, and then I'm crying, and then... <laughs> And then I, you know, and then I grabbed a bunch of Mother's Day cards at the grocery store. So they're not high quality cards, but they're ample cards. <laughs> and uh, I start, I thought I'd mail some to my friends who I knew had 2020 grads, the moms I've known from Collins' class, you know, for 12 years. And that made me cry when I was filling oh. out the cards. It just, I know it's not the end of the world. And I, I know graduations can be big, overblown things, but it just really is just getting to me that there's not going to be one little moment where you can celebrate as a family together. It's such an odd sensation of just drifting off. Mm -hmm. And Julie, it made me think about the essay you wrote many years ago about like, it's kind of your last chance to stand up and cheer for your kid. Like they're 22 now or 23, 24, whatever. Like you don't get it's done like that yeah, you part of many like more
0: occasions yeah. to really whoop it up and cheer and, you know, get out that air horn, even though you're not supposed to bring them to graduations and do all of that. Yeah. And maybe have a year or two, you know, it's, yeah. a, it's you yeah. don't have that sense of closure. You don't have, you don't have that sense of celebration, certainly, you know, about that big day. And uh, yeah, that sense of drifting. I think that's a good, good word for it. Yeah. Here in Texas, of course, you know, everybody has signs on their front lawn that say 2020 grad. And, you know, right. and you think about each of those houses that that, you know, that person, it just it won't be the same, you know. Uh, so
1: um, particularly but, at Collins School. Well, there's a lot of schools where I mean, he goes to a state college college. Um, Evergreen in Olympia, Washington, but they have a very large percentage of military people that end up at at the school because there are so many bases in Washington. They have a large First Nations group there. You know, they have a lot of um, students. It's not a typical student body. There are a lot of students that come back and go back to school in their late 20s. They have, you know, cons in class with single mothers. And so the graduation is a really big deal for people who have first in their families to graduate or really sacrificed a lot to be there. So it's not, it's just, it's kind of breaking my heart a little bit. And so I shout out to all the 2020 moms and parents, because it does take a lot.
2: Oh yeah. Right. To get him all the way through high school and college. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I know. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I know. I know. So you're sending mother's day cards to the mothers, mothers of grads.
1: Yes. Oh, that's so nice. Well, I, (laughs) You know, Liz, in my quest to single-handedly save the post office, and (laughs) I mean, and that's been a long-time mission of mine. I'm not a bandwagoner. I mean, come on, we've been we we have a lot of postal workers who listen to the show, and we we always have because we were on satellite radio. We have all those people who've been delivering mail in rural Montana for years who listen to the show. So, uh, so yeah, so I'm sending them cards, but it just it just has really struck me. I know there's a lot going on in the world and of course they'll move on with their lives, but that also is just graduation is a launch and a celebration and, and to not have that, I I would love to hear what other people are doing that has been successful in sort of celebrating the moment because I I can't think of anything
0: (laughs) out of ideas. Well, we'll we'll, we'll definitely send Colin a card. He still gets a graduation card from all of us. Okay, that's, yes, it was a a point. Put us down, put us down for a card, (laughs) no doubt, no doubt. Well, you know, I mean, graduations or, you know, summer orientations. And, you know, I think for colleges and universities, I've read a number of articles that this this is really a very existential experience for them because because it's so uncertain about whether or not they're going to be able to resume classes, whether they're going to be able to have students live, you know, in uh, in college dorms, if that's going to be safe or if they go to a completely online academic degree how, you know, what's, you know, how do you differentiate like a Harvard from a University of Phoenix? I mean, this, this is really a very uh, big moment in time for higher education. Lots of people working on this. But, you know, one of the other parts of it is the college admissions. Sisters, you know, longtime listeners, you know, I started, you know, my my career in college admissions and I, I was really struck by an article I saw this week from, uh, the National Association of College Admissions Counselors. This is all the high school college counselors. There's a a national uh, professional organization. They are openly criticizing the college board and ACT, so the two groups that put on the standardized tests that you take to go to college, because they're now going to offer, you know, take the standardized tests at home. Um, And this poses um, as... The college counselors put a lot, um, a lot of reliability issues. I mean, if people could take, you know, a high stakes test in your own house, how are you, how are you going to know if they're not cheating or not? I don't. I mean, that we're not. You're never going to know that. And if it's only offered online, that definitely puts um, students who don't have access to computers or to the internet um, whether they live in cities or in rural areas so this really puts you know a number of groups of students at a clear disadvantage so it may mean that the standardized tests that have been so essential for college admissions for so many years now can't be used you know or won't be used by colleges and universities i mean i don't it's good it's It is just all part of the disarray that we're that we're in right now. And once you stop using the standardized tests, for example, for, you know, rising high school seniors this year, maybe. I mean, would you ever go back to it? Would colleges ever go back to it? I don't know. You know, or which of these changes that we're making to accommodate COVID will become permanent and which ones won't? I think that's what a lot of colleges and universities
1: are working out. That's because there's been such an issue with those tests anyways, in terms of are they fair? What do they prove? And there are lots of colleges that don't use them anyway. Right. And I 100% believe people would cheat. Don't you, Joel? (laughs) Well, it's
0: a high high stake test. I was thinking of everyone involved with the Varsity Blues case that is sitting in prison and they're thinking, oh, if I just waited one more year, (laughs) I could have cheated on the test at home and it would have been fine, you know? Oh my God! Okay, that was a little black humor. I'm sorry. Didn't be. <laughs> yeah,
2: it's okay. No, we need some of that. It is true. Just such an interesting challenge for colleges across the board. Like. What do they need to do to adjust their admissions process? They're coming back in the fall. You know, I, it's r- really super challenging. I work a lot with the University of Oregon because I've been working on sporting events that were planned there for this summer, which are now no longer happen. And I see them wrestling with how are they going to welcome students back in the fall? It's just it is probably one of the biggest institutional things getting disrupted right now for the average person it'll be very challenging
1: what would you do and i think i think liz once one college is announced what they're doing others will fall you know it's i think everyone's playing a little bit of a game of chicken like they're waiting for one college to go you know what we're not gonna have we're going all on the line in the fall because yeah. yeah. there's been a lot of hedging i saw my i went to pomona college which is a small liberal arts college and Deep in an article buried in the LA Times, I heard the president Gabrielle Starr, she was quoted as saying, well, maybe we'll just have freshmen and transfers on campus, but not upperclassmen. Like that's one scenario we're thinking about for the fall. So we can, you know, spread out people in dorms and things like that. So yeah, it's a lot of questions, and I think it will change colleges forever. Maybe yeah. that's okay at this point. I think college admissions is nuts. So <laughs> that's, mm-hmm. my prof- that's my professional opinion. But it does leave these, you know, a lot of families in limbo. I know, you know? influx.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. And if you've spent years um, forcing your child to take practice SAT tests, you'd be so mad. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the other thing is
0: colleges and universities employ a lot of people. And right. uh, they so are that's a big, all right. part of the calculation as well, too. So. Right. Yeah.
1: yeah I, know you, I know USC is the biggest employer in Los Angeles. This 20. is,
0: I know. So yeah. these are, you know, these are very complicated decisions. Yeah. yeah.
2: Okay. Well, you may or may not be able to go to college in the fall. Mm-hmm. Another place you may or may not be able to go is Disney World. But the, on a lighter note, I saw this headline Uh, in the paper the other day that was man's disney world quarantine cut short and there was there's like a mugshot photo with it he looks suspiciously like nick nolte Uh, (laughs) yes he does (laughs) but his name is richard j mcguire and he was arrested for camping on Discovery Island. So basically he was trying to have kind of a Swiss family Robinson adventure. Uh, he's from he's from Alabama, but he took a boat over to Discovery Island and was thinking he might just camp out for a while. And that's just super not allowed. And, of course, they saw him. So they managed to find him on the island, and he said he didn't realize he wasn't allowed there, even though there are, of course, giant no trespassing signs. But anyway, so that part of the story was interesting to me. But then when I dug in, it got even more interesting because many of you may know this because you're a Disney Files. I did not know this, but Discovery Island, has been closed since nineteen ninety nine so it was abandoned uh, and it has allowed been allowed to become just this like overgrown, weird place where there's all of the old features of when it was an actual Disney resort. but now everything is caved in, vines are wrapped around things and it's and the reason I know this is because there is a whole subgenre of YouTube videos, sisters. It's a whole subgenre of abandoned theme parks. (laughs) You really did a lot of research on this topic, Liz. Where'd it go? Got some time on my hands. So yeah, abandoned things in general (laughs) is a whole thing on YouTube, like abandoned cruise ships, abandoned resorts, abandoned mansions, but abandoned theme parks, you can imagine, are particularly creepy. There's even one video called Top 10 Creepy Abandoned Theme Parks. So, but, but when I was first fantasizing about what it would be like to just camp out on, you know, a Disney tropical island, it reminded me, remember the book from the files of Mrs. Basil e. Frank Wheeler. Did you guys read that? Mm-hmm. Where, yes, of where, course. Yeah. So More the kids. Babe. The kids sneak into the Metropolitan Museum, and they hide out there, and they live in the Metropolitan Museum, and they, like, bathe in the fountain, and that's when they realize there are coins on the bottom of the fountain, so that's how they pay for their food, all of that, so uh, so I've always had this, you know, missus Basilie Baisley-Frank-Wheeler kind of fantasy, <laughs> and and... and Thinking about camping out on a Disney Island, if it hadn't been abandoned 18 years ago, would, it, would that would be super fun? They even had a snack bar. Now that I've looked at all the videos, the snack bar, <laughs> the snack bar was called Thirsty Perch. So that
0: sounds fun, doesn't it? Uh-huh. Yeah, perfect to make a rum punch there, Liz. Yeah. <laughs>
2: So I thought if I was ever alone, like in a Disney park, what would I, where would I want to be? And what I, what would I really want to do? And I think I would want to drive that jungle river cruise around a little bit. I think. Uh, yeah. I,
0: <laughs> I can see you, Liz, as a, as a boat driver. <laughs> I, it's right up your alley. I mean. All, uh, all, the, all the jokes. <laughs> I, I think you would enjoy that. Yeah. I know. It's <laughs> the
2: dumbest jokes. And the. Uh, remember we like the things just popping up. I'm not sure anything pops up if it's all turned off or, and anything with the water slide might not be working anyway, but I think we all have our Swiss Family Robinson fantasy. Mine might be more of a Jungle Cruise, but for Richard J. McGuire, it was Discovery Island and the poor guy's now, he's now in custody. Not going to happen. Oh. Oh,
1: nice gosh. try. Nice try. <laughs> Uh, I like the the house at Pooh Corner there at Disneyland. That's a nice little area of the park. It's sort of tucked away down there (laughs) where Pooh Bear and all his friends live. I like that.
0: Yeah. Me, I want Country Bear Jamboree. I (laughs) love that whole world over there. (laughs) Very happy. Super happy. Yeah. Uh, You know, you just can't be. Well, small world, still a a favorite. You could
1: just cruise around in those boats for a (laughs) while, too. Yeah, that would be fun. Small worlds would be, yes. Or Pirates of the Caribbean would also be. That looks like a good time. Uh, uh, <laughs> when, when, you're by, when you're by That's, yourself. Yeah. You don't have to yeah, when there. you're
0: by yourself. Yeah, you can move around. Yeah.
1: Okay. Uh really quickly I did see in the LA Times uh, an article about um how bird watching now has become a favorite of people in stay-at-home world. Like they're tired of looking down at their screens and they've somehow discovered that watching birds and tracking birds on their phone and taking pictures of birds is great. It's just opened up the whole world to them. Stop looking at your screens and look up. And I just like to say I have been bird watching, but just one bird. We have <laughs> One bird. We have a crow in our oh. neighborhood yeah. and my son Colin did a report on crows in the fourth grade. And you know, when kids do reports, then they proceed to tell you everything about crows for the rest of their life. You know what I mean? If they have to do like Brooks did a report on Ohio. So I know more about Ohio than most people. And Colin felt that way about crows because they're very smart birds. But I noticed like six weeks ago, we had a crow in our neighborhood and he has a white patch on his wing and it's kind of crooked. So it looks like he was injured or something, but that's how I know it's the same crow. And you guys, He is just walking around the neighborhood. He's not even bothering to fly anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Just look out. And like, he's just wandering around the street. There are no cars. He's just, the other day I look out, he's on my front porch. The crow is just standing on my front porch. And I told my husband, I was like, you see that crow? I've got my eye on him. (laughs) So now he comes home from the office where he goes alone. And my husband's like, what happened with the crow today? I'm like, well, let me tell you what happened with the crow. (laughs) Are you feeding the
0: crow, Leon? Have you seen No, no, running? no,
1: okay. no, no. But he, we have a, we have a bird bath out front. He's been enjoying the bird bath. I mean, he's living the life. This crow, he's, he's in no hurry. He's just wandering around the neighborhood, walking from house to house. I love it. I, <laughs> I suggest okay. get yourself a bird. Is uh, is what I suggest for this week ten of quarantine. <laughs> All right, sisters. Uh, so here's the deal. Remember when we announced with great joy and glee in our voices that we were going to be doing a 20th anniversary show in Washington, D.C. at Sixth and I, and it was going to be May 17th, and all of us were going to be there, and it was going to be great. Remember that? <laughs> I remember that. That was going to be great, and the people at <laughs> yeah. Sixth and I were so excited. We were psyched, and many of the like
0: sisters were excited. People yeah. were coming. Yeah.
1: Yes. So, but then we realized that that was not going to happen. And we have rescheduled the event. The new date for the event is June 13, 2020. Mm -hmm. June. Oh, 2021. I'm sorry. Let me, boy, that was the big buildup for the wrong date. (laughs) June 13th, 2021. June 13, 2021. So here's what we want you to know. If you are holding tickets for the May 17th event, this is what we got from 6th and I, that is the organization that was selling the tickets. Um, you know, that's a, it's an event space, but it's also, it's a temple in Washington, DC, and they put on great events and we're very happy to be there. They were selling the tickets. So here's what you need to know from 6th and I tickets for the May 17 show will be automatically honored for the new date and no action is required. If you had tickets to the show in May 20. 20 and cannot attend the rescheduled show in 2021, please consider allowing the value of your ticket to act as a tax deductible donation to support our nonprofit operation during this difficult time. All buyers will be contacted by 6th and I, if you need to obtain a refund because they can't make it to the 2021 date, they'll contact you through eventbrite. Okay. So that's what, that's what's happening. If you have the tickets, and you're going to let it roll for 2021, that would be great. Just hold on to them. They'll be honored. If not, consider a donation. But you'll be getting information on a refund if that's what you wish. So that's it. June 13th, 2021. Hey, okay, I'm adding that to my calendar. It's the first Book
2: thing I've booked for 2021.
1: Very exciting. Uh, <laughs>
2: And we've and we've let Monica and Sheila know,
1: right? They're all in 2021. Yeah, they're in. I told them save the date. Hold hold on to it. Save the yeah. date. So that's yeah, that's what's happening. Leon and Julie here from Satellite Sisters. And we want to thank our friend Jenny Kane. Hi Jenny. We love Jenny <laughs> Kane. We know you know it's a California brand through and through, and we love their staples because it makes getting dressed so easy. Minimalist, effortless, but totally refined. And hello, Julie Dolan, that's kind of you, minimalist, effortless, and totally refined. What have you been wearing from Jenny Kane this week? Leon, I love the Cocoon Cardigan. It's perfect
0: for the hot again, cold again weather we're having. You know, this is sweater weather. And you can just pop on that cardigan. And even if you're wearing something schlumpy underneath,
1: all of a sudden you look elevated and you're ready to go. <laughs> you look minimalist, effortless, and totally refined when you wear the Cocoon Cardigan. Yes, I do, Leigh uh I get compliments on it, too, because it's just the perfect thing to put on. Well, that's why we love Jenny Kane, is that everything is beautifully designed and really flatters the wearer. So we want to encourage you to check out everything over at JennyKane.com. You're going to find your new uniform. What is it that you want to put on that just perks up your, your presentation? Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off their first order when they use code SISTERS at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at JennyKane.com. And Jenny Kane is spelled J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E. JennyKane.com, promo code SISTERS. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. Thanks, Jenny. Okay, that's great. That is exciting news. Well, Okay. Let's get to a quick
2: recap of this week's Cooking with Liz, which happens there in the Satellite Sisters Facebook group. So this week's assignment, was it was a Sweeney Sisters salute because it was Leanne's launch week for the book. So our mother, Edna Dolan, her blueberry muffins make a cameo in the Sweeney Sisters. And there's just an amazing Fourth of July party scene in the book where a lot happens in that scene, Leanne. A lot happens. A lot goes uh-huh. on. 4th of July. And so of course, blueberry muffins um, are part of the 4th of July festivities. So I think so I made the blueberry muffins according to mom's recipe. And on the cooking front, I think I nailed it. I think I learned the number one um, lesson, which is that there's no eyeballing in baking. And With the help of the live audience, they caught me. (laughs) They caught me at the last. They
0: saved you, Liz. They They saved you.
2: Saved me, Julie, because I was about to put the muffins in the oven without putting the sugar on top, and that would have been disastrous. But anyway, you saved me. All of you who are watching on Facebook Live, and then so that was a test batch. That was the other big um, new feature of Cooking with Liz is that I actually made a test batch on Saturday. So, and then with the test batch, there was a contactless delivery to leon's which yeah you know, i just thought somebody should eat the test batch and uh so lian i dropped those by uh your house so what did you think
1: i can say that they were delicious liz i mean cool. I, they were just you know that's a great recipe because it's not super sweet yeah. um but a, a couple of keys, like you followed the recipe, and that really ma- <laughs> that really matters. Took some heat last week because yeah. I called you out for not following the recipe. But you know, cooking is chemistry, and yeah. uh, there are you know there are amounts and there are preparations in there for a reason because those you know bakers and recipe developers they work hard. You yeah. followed the recipe, you measured, you had the right proportion. Again, mm-hmm. very important proportions of blueberries to muffin.
0: Great. They won't,
1: Right. And which was important. And then when I saw that there was sugar on top, I was shocked because I thought for sure, sure you would forget the sugar. <laughs> I, I was like, that's going to be, she's not going to be able to handle the sugar. That's going to be her Waterloo. She's it gonna is. Put it down. Yeah. Again, cause it's the reading and the notes and like, yeah. but you yeah. pulled it all, you pulled it all up and they were delicious. It's, they're just the right size. They're not too sweet. It's yeah. a perfect little taste treat. That muffin. Yeah. It's a
2: great recipe. No, that's true. Thank you. Thank you. I felt like I worked hard on the blueberry to muffin ratio. It's proportions are
1: everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, you got it. You nailed it.
2: So um, anyway, so then I came home and I made the made for TV batch, which I thought looked even better. And my guest taster on Sunday was Sheila Dolan who showed up at Liz's tasting window and she seemed to really enjoy them. And she even commented on the fact that they're not too sweet, sort of just sweet enough, but not too sweet. So anyway, Julie, I know you were watching the finale. Anything, any comments you had on the finale?
0: Well, I think the thing is Liz, that these muffins are part of our childhood memory. Our, Our mom used to make them on the 4th of July. So my question to you is, when you ate the muffin, and this was the first time that you actually ate on Cooking with Liz, that you were eating what you what you made, did the muffins taste the way you remembered? Mm, oh, good questions.
2: Yes, but remember, often when we would eat them, we would be at the beach for a big party, you know, so obviously I'm, we're all prisoners in our home, so I didn't have that part of it going on. But yeah, it tasted super like the strong blueberry flavor, because so many blueberries. Yeah, I enjoyed that part of it. And I did enjoy
0: making something that mom used to make all the time or that we used to help mom make, right? Right, right. Yeah, you were never in charge of those. I used mm-hmm. I could make those for mom, but yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. think I don't <laughs> I don't think you ever got that assignment. You were on like celery sticks or <laughs> carrot sticks. I think personal Liz.
2: That's probably true. So, um, so I feel like the, this first whole bunch of cooking with Liz's where, you know, I was trying out some more ambitious things and, and doing the fundamentals. I feel like, okay, um, we're done with that. And I'm going to move on with my concept. So my concept, because making the blueberry muffins was, you know, really emotionally satisfying, and there are a lot of stories that go with that, as I continue with Cooking with Liz, my theme is going to be to do some family favorites, because it's especially fun to make and talk about, and whether it's all of our families now, what we make, or what our family, you know, things we made uh, when we were kids. So um, So for this coming Sunday, Julie, I was wondering, can you think of a family favorite that, that you make or that we had that you would want to suggest to me?
0: Well, I do, Liz. I have a suggestion for you because this was in permanent rot- rotation at uh, the Dolan family growing up, and that is a meatloaf, Liz, Ooh. okay? Mm-hmm. And I, and I want to recommend the Barefoot Contessa turkey meatloaf. This was one of mom's favorite recipes. Um, but the other thing about a meatloaf why it was so good for a mother with eight children is that she would make the meatloaf and then she'd take eight baked potatoes and she could stick it all in the oven and it would all cook at the same time and there she had a dinner. Uh, with some vegetables, obviously on the side. So I think a meatloaf, um, I would, I would suggest you get some smaller loaf pans so you can do it to the scale of a single person. Um, but, uh, you know, you can make multiple small meatloafs there. It's good, hot, it's good, cold. If you use Turkey, then, you know, it's lower in fat. Um, so I thought that would be my recommendation Because you ate a lot of meatloaf growing up, and it may bring back some very fond memories of dinner around the table in Connecticut on Cross Highway. Okay.
2: All right. So details to come. If you join the Satellite Sisters Facebook group, then you can always see my production schedules, and uh, I will post there like when you'll be able to see the episodes live. But that's it. This weekend, um, turkey meatloaf. So, yeah. Okay. Thanks, you guys. (laughs) Okay. Good luck.
0: Good
2: luck. luck. Again. Good luck. You
0: can call me. You can call me if you have any (laughs) questions. Get the recipe. You've got a good technique now. We're happy to guide you through this. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, sisters. I know it's the time of the show when we're going to talk about entertaining sisters. And I I just want to recommend two online nature tours to to both of you and to all of the Satellite Sisters. If you need a small like mood boost and you can't go to a beautiful garden or you can't go into the forest, I would like to recommend the Brooklyn Botanic Garden. They're online. They have a video, 25 minute video, virtual tour of their cherry blossoms. And oh, it is absolutely. absolutely beautiful. First of all, very high quality production. Whoever did this is like a first class filmmaker or something because it is beautiful. And it's just transporting. If you just need a little tranquility during your day, uh, go to their website and, uh, and watch the virtual tour of their uh, cherry blossoms. They're all right in bloom right now and they're exquisite. This is one of my favorite places in New York. Um, I've spent a lot of time there with my granddaughters, um, but this little video is good. Closer to home, the Dallas Arboretum. Leanne, you've been there with me uh, to the Dallas Arboretum, is an absolutely magnificent uh, botanic uh, garden and arboretum. And uh, they have some wonderful tours there. I just watched the Lay Family Center tour of its one section of the garden and they explain how they plant it and how they, it's, it's just beautiful. So I, I, you know, we haven't re- made those kind of recommendations for entertainment. I would highly recommend this. You may have a beautiful uh, arboretum or garden near you. There's plenty others out there, but those are two that I really liked. Okay. Well, we
1: haven't been this desperate for entertainment. So <laughs> these are real these yeah. are really will lift your spirits. Sounds yeah. great. Yeah. I totally sounds fantastic. I will definitely check both of those out. I mean, cherry blossoms are gorgeous. So all right, good thank you, Julie. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Well, my entertaining sisters is that
2: I did devote a lot of time over the weekend to finishing up a series I love which was Homeland. Many of you know that um, this was the eighth and final season of Homeland. Uh, this is a story with so many ups and downs, Carrie the spy, Saul the spy handler and many, many things going on. So, um, so I was watching, I watched the final four episodes, including the series finale over the weekend, but Leon, I mentioned to you that I was trying to wrap up Homeland, that that was my number one goal for the weekend. And you reminded me that you knew that a whole bunch of this season had been filmed right in your neighborhood,
1: right? Right. I don't watch the show because Showtime is pretty much the only channel in existence that we don't pay for. So (laughs) I've never watched Homeland, but they were shooting on our street for three weeks. Which is a really long shoot. Usually shoots come in for a day or two. And we have tons of TV and film shot in our neighborhood. Uh, But they were set up three weeks, they had totally blacked out this house. They had 24 seven security on set, which is really unusual. And so I was wondering, like, what could they have used it for?
2: Okay. Well, you told me to keep my eyes peeled, and right. I did, and you were right. My goodness. For those of you who have seen the final two episodes of Homeland, when Carrie is now living at Saul's house, I'm not, no spoilers here, but Saul's house in so called McLean, Virginia is clearly a house in Leon's neighborhood. That, wow. is, that is Pasadena, and they have both. Interiors, Leon, and exteriors. So, it oh, and so you you would really enjoy it. Maybe if you well, you're not allowed to come over here, but I don't want to have to pay for another. <laughs> anyway, uh, there. If you look at some of the stills online from the the series finale, you'll okay. see it standing inside a Pasadena home. But one of again, without spoiling anything, she has to like make a big decision which is whether or not she's going to kill Saul and uh you know because there's a war in Pakistan that could happen anyway it gets very complicated so you might want to have known that there was a Russian kill team staked out in your neighborhood they were were parked in front of Saul's house like it it got hairy there for a while and that's Uh all that's all clearly Pasadena. So uh, thank you. I wouldn't have appreciated that quite so much if I hadn't been looking out to which part of this is uh, could have been uh, the house in Leon's neighborhood. Anyway. Oh, uh,
1: that's good. That's fun to know. Yeah, yeah. that's fun to know.
2: So I, um, I don't know how many of you watch Homeland. I personally was very satisfied with the way it wrapped up. Very surprising, powerful, but... Um, really good ending. So I will just leave it at that. I recommend it if you ever have, it's eight seasons. You know, if we're really in the current unpleasantness for the long haul, you can start at the beginning now. So totally up to you. <laughs> there you go. Or you can just watch I,
0: Cherry Blossoms. One <laughs> of the other. Or you can watch the
1: Cherry Blossoms. Russian
0: yeah. kill Teams, Cherry Blossoms.
1: <laughs> well, I just want to let people know uh, that next week uh, is our best beach bag book show. I know it's ironic now who knew that title would be ironic because many of us won't be allowed to go to our own beaches, but that's okay. We're still plowing ahead with our picks for great books to put in your beach bag even if you never leave your house this summer. And so I've been reading a ton. We have recommendations from all the sisters. I've been doing my best to find some titles that maybe you wouldn't find yourself. And I'm very excited because we have an interview with um, Greer Hendricks and Sarah Pekkanen, who are the authors who write a lot of great thrillers that you've probably read, but their new book, You Are Not Alone, is out now. They're a writing team, like a novel writing team, which intrigues me. So, uh, and I'll let you in. Like we taped this episode with them. We taped the interview with them the day their book tour started, which was March 4th. And I think their book tour ended March 5th. So, uh, so it was kind of fun to go back and listen um, to this particular interview. I, I, re-listened just to make sure we could still play it. And it's just a delight and a joy. So that is on next week's show. That's our best beach bag book show uh, next week. So, if you're looking for a reading for the summer, we got you covered next week.
2: Yeah, I think people need a lot of new good books, whether or not they're going to read them at the beach. So this will be
1: great. We also are including this year for the first time, we're expanding our definition. We're including some podcasts that you might enjoy. So we've, we're have do, we out doing some early listening and some research on some podcast series that you might enjoy as well as books. A big thanks to Sergio Enriquez. Uh, he's our engineer. We miss seeing you, Sergio you're quiet. You're quiet there, Sergio. We barely we barely hear you talking in the background. We miss you. Um, all right, sisters. It's uh, it's Cinco de Mayo. Anyone celebrating on our to-do list? Anyone's got a Cinco de Mayo party happening? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, no, you no, do? I do. Here, you know, trying to
2: support lo- local food operations. Uh, a local place near me that I love uh, was making Cinco de Mayo like dinner for two available and obviously I'm only dinner for one but as I've said this is what happens you you know you end up with dinner for you you'll eat for two because you have dinner for two but in this case I think I'll be fine so I have a um I actually have a vegan Cinco de Mayo basket I'm getting, which is uh, vegan pozole, vegan enchiladas, and um, and then the delicious, you know, street corn and rice and an L.A. style street cart spicy fruit salad. So all of that will be great and saveable for tomorrow's lunch. But it also comes with two shots of Luna Lunazul tequila. So
0: <laughs> Ooh, Liz, I'm, you are going to be having a party. <laughs>
2: I might have to, I might just leave the two shots of tequila in Liz's tasting window and see if any of my, maybe Deborah and Bernard would each like a shot of tequila. I'm not really a shot of tequila girl, but anyway, so I'm going to have a little spare, but that's, uh, that's my to-do list for tonight is pick up my Cinco de Mayo dinner. That's That's
1: funny. funny. Like fun, fun, fun. Yeah. How about you, You Liam? You you can always just dump that tequila in some lime juice with a little bit of something and make your own margarita. That's You can do that too. Okay. Uh, You know what? Mine is also cooking related. I am a very lucky person because I am blurbing. I am blurbing Claire Tansy's new cookbook. Uh, She sent me a copy of, you know, she's the one that wrote Uncomplicated. She's appeared on many shows, including Cooking with Liz. People love Claire's cookbook here. And so she's bringing out a new cookbook in the fall called Dinner Uncomplicated. So I spent a fantastic two hours this weekend just reading her cookbook, just enjoying her writing is so warm and fun. And you learn so much when you read a really good cookbook and study the recipes. And so this week I'm making a bunch of uh, a bunch of dinners before I actually blurb it. I'm going to make some of Claire's new recipes in the cookbook and uh, looking forward to that, including a scallop recipe. I have really been struggling with my scallops, but I think Claire has solved the problem for me with (laughs) <laughs> oh, nice. Looking nice. forward to that. All right. I'm that very sad
2: cool. I can't come over for that.
1: I'm I know, sad. I know. Too bad.
0: <laughs> and Julie, how
1: about you? What's on your today? do well,
0: well, you know, I'm here at Nana Academy, and it dawned on me that it's Mother's Day this weekend, which means that at Nana Academy, even though it's not on my assignments a tablet, that I really had responsible for making some cute Mother's Day craft with Peter. um, But, I I don't know what we're going to do. I mean, I have a box of ziti and some cooking twine. And so I was thinking of (laughs) like a macaroni necklace. I don't know. I don't know. But I need a Mother's Day craft pretty darn quick because I, you know, I think that's part of what you do in kindergarten is you come home on the Friday before Mother's Day with some adorable Mother's Day craft. Uh, Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. That's what you do.
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) You can't so correct necklace As long as you've got I don't know. I here.
0: proposed it. Peter thought it was ridiculous. He thought that was a ridiculous <laughs> idea. I think that was the word he used too. <laughs> so, I don't know. If you know of a cute craft, let me know. But we do want to wish all the mothers out there, all the yes. you know, moms to be, all the the moms, the grandmoms. We know that many of you cannot be with your family. You can't in person, get all the love and appreciation that you deserve on your Mother's Day. But, you know, Satellite Sisters, we're sending it to you because moms are great, right? Yes, they are. Happy Mother's Day, everybody. Happy Happy Mother's Mother's Day. Day.
1: All right, sisters, have a great week. Okay, (laughs) you too, Leanne. Don't forget, call your Satellite Sister.